Hello, hello everyone. Happy hump day. It's Wednesday and it's time for another dream design podcast. I'm your host, Amy Westervelt, and I bring to you this conversation where we talk about what it's like to build your dream life and business. I bring on guests who have done just that. And today is no exception, y'all. So make sure you jump on. Let us know if you're watching live, if you're listening, whatever it is that you're doing. We are live in a lot of different places. I have Pastor D with me today. She's joining me all the way from a private exclusive island in the Caribbean. And she's going to tell us all about how she designed her dream life and business right after this. You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. And here she is. Pastor D is joining us. Welcome, Pastor D. So glad to have you here. I'm very happy to be here, too. Yeah, I'm so excited. So tell us, I didn't really allude to them too much about what you do. So why don't you start there? Tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of what your background is in. So essentially, uh, I have two trades. Uh, my main trade is I was an investment, a uh, corporate investment person, and I pretty much migrated into what we call institutional investments. So that's working with banks, insurance companies, sovereign funds, large corporations, and managing their businesses and their investments. And I started in Wall Street. Actually, I'm from Canada, but then I moved to New York to get into the, the, the financial mega place of New York. And then from there, I really wanted to do something creative. So I started doing public relations. So I am a publicist as on the side of being an investment professional and pastor D is because I'm obviously a pastor. And through everything that I do, I recognize that it's through God that I was able to achieve it. And he made a lot of my dreams a reality and I'm still working on more, but I would say that these two ventures are the biggest dreams I've achieved. Yeah. And that's so incredible. I mean, I don't know anyone else that can say that they live on a private exclusive island. That's <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's amazing. And the things that you're building, you know, did you ever like when you were a child, did you think that this would be your reality? Did you always know, or did you, is this something that came, you know, as you started to really stretch those dreaming muscles? Actually, I never even thought I would be in, in finance or investment. I, I was dreaming of a creative career. I was always really driven by anything that has to do with creativity, something that I could just be an artist in some way. But uh, I come from a family where most of my my both my parents really, they saw that I was a straight A in school and they wanted me to go to med school. And I did not want to know nothing about going to med school, but they said that creative careers and creative jobs are just going to make me broke all my life and I'll never get a job. I'll never have nothing. And I told them, I don't need a job. I'll, I'll create one. And they told me that I was too ambitious, too dreamy, but I always saw myself doing something big. And I always saw myself kind of working for myself, but I wasn't sure 
how would I finance my creative passions? So actually finance became something that led me to that, but it was not my dream, it was my path, I would say. So I was looking at different types of things I could do when I was in college, I was in business school, and then I saw that finance was everything. Like everybody's always worried about where they're gonna get money for something. So I said, well, if I understand money, then I can do everything else. And that's how I landed on finance. I said, I, let me first understand what makes people be able to have the financing. And then from there, I will be able to do the, the rest. So I, I was studying and I was a banker at the same time and back in Canada. So I understood from the banking perspective. Then when I moved to New York, I understood from the investment perspective. Then I had kind of a broader picture of like what finances look like, what are the different ways you can raise capital, how, what are the different ways you can fund yourself, even if, for example, you don't have the opportunity to have a bank loan you money, what else is out there? And then when I have this clear picture and that business itself took off, then I was able to do the, the whole thing that I wanted at first, the whole creative side of things. So I always knew I would be in business, but I'm not going to say that it was a straight line and that I had it all figured out. It was a big trial and error process that led me to where I am now. I never even thought I would be uh, working on a private island, <laughs> I, especially that I got here in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> but it, it just happened, yeah, through the journey. You know, you touched on something that I think is really important, and it's come up for me, and it's come up for so many more people, and it's about our parents, right? And our parents have this totally different idea about what success looks like and what stability and security look like. And we come from such a different era. I mean, where everything was nine to five and it was, you know, climb the social or sorry, climb the corporate ladder and things like that. And now we're in a new paradigm where that just doesn't work for us anymore. Right. And so we as adults, we're kind of like clashing with our parents, like, hey, hold on a second. This is going to pay the bills. I see that you don't see the vision, but the vision is there. And so, you know, a lot of, and especially, I guess I kind of fall into partly millennial, partly zennial, really depends on which condescending bucket they put me into. But the, the idea is that, oh, you know, millennials, they you know, they don't really give any, any, any thought to the future. You know, they don't think about what's down the road. But the truth is, we just have such a deeper, more, you know, dream centric vision than the generation before us. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. You know, uh, you know, our parents, they, they have their own. I mean, I, I, every generation is different. But something I've noticed with many people of our generation is that they didn't have it as easy. They didn't have the technologies and all the things that we have today. So they had to work for somehow a little harder and they had a vision that when I have my kids, they'll do this and they'll do that and they do this and they do that. And a lot of things they had to sacrifice so that we could have whatever opportunities we have. So they feel like I did all this and you're going to throw it all away for, for whatever you know dream you have. And they felt like when they started this, they had a dream for us and they're trying to kind of impose a dream on us. But dream is really about something. It's personal. You cannot dream for somebody else. And that's something I, I had to, I'm still trying to make my parents understand is you cannot tell me that this is your dream and I have to do it unless I have the same dream as you. And I think that affects a lot of people's success because some people, they're not able 
to stand in front of their parents and say, no, I'm going to do something else and be happy. And they become miserable in their journey, trying to please their parents. And then the parents pass and they're still in that misery. And then they don't fulfill their potential. I think one of the things is you have to learn the boundaries in life with the people around you, parents, relatives, and even friends. Sometimes on the journey of success, it becomes lonely when you start saying no, because you see something that others don't see. And if you don't pursue that, it, you're sacrificing your own success, your own potential. Like everybody's unique. And whatever you're supposed to be doing, you're the only one who can do it the way it's supposed to be done. And if you don't do it, you, somehow you're not going to be fulfilled. And that's something I just could not accept. I, I could not accept to live in somebody else's vision for my life and uh, somebody else's dream for me. And I, I just had a lonely journey for a long while. And maybe it wasn't easy, but I would never go back and do it differently. Definitely not. <laughs> so let's take a moment to check in with the audience. Audience, if you are living your dream right now, go ahead and drop a one in the chat. If you're still kind of teetering around trying to figure out what that dream looks like, and you are, or maybe you know, you're nervous to come out of the dream closet, go ahead and drop a two in the comments. Let's see kind of where everybody is as they're listening. And for those of you out there in podcast land, go ahead and just think to yourself whether you fall into a one or a two. Let's see what folks have to say about this topic. Um, but I love what you said too about how you can't dream somebody else's dream for them, right? Like we have no problem accepting that everybody has a unique footprint, that everybody has a unique voice. But when it comes to dreams, we expect them to be these cookie cutter ideas. And the truth is that everybody's dream is different. Everybody has their own idea of what success and fulfillment look like. And what you said that I thought was so great, because, you know, I will belabor this point until the cows come home. Your dreams are your job. Like you may contract with God, source, higher power, whatever. When you came to this planet and said, hey, here's what I'm going to do to go create wholeness when I get there. And it was like, great, sign on the dotted line. Here's your skin suit. See it out there, right? And then we get into this place where we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I could do. Like, can you imagine taking on a project and taking all the money from the client and then going, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I already spent all your money, but I'm not really sure if I'm actually cut out to do this. This is uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to go do this job. They'd be like, that's not what I hired you for. Is to, to, you know, you told me that you, that you had it, that you were, that you were doing it. And, um. So, you know, I think that that is definitely something that people don't realize. You're doing here to do, right? I, I totally believe this. Actually, there's something you say that I, I always say about this whole cookie in the mold thing. Uh, that's definitely, like, I think one of my biggest motto. I said, you know, uh, I don't want to be a cookie that fits in the mold, and I think nobody should be. I think we all have our own mold. We should shape our own selves. And I think that's important and when we're thinking about dreams, right? Dreams, it's something that really, it's like your wings to fly wherever you're supposed to fly on your life journey. And basically, you, you have to, some people, they really don't even know what their dream is because they forgot about it. But um, what I've noticed is most of the real dreams, the really ones that we are passionate and are rooted in and that are close to our hearts are the ones we had when we were children. 
the ones we had before we thought the world would stop us, before we started becoming, you know, kind of like the, the world stopped telling us what we can't do, before anybody started to kill our dreams, the real us is the childish self that we were, when we had all these crazy ideas and never saw any limits and we just not realize why it wouldn't be possible. So I think that that's something we should kind of tap into our childhood self, the little girl, the little boy we used to be. And from there, when you re realize those dreams you had, even if it sounds silly, that's the wings you need. And then you, that's the mold you have. That's your mold. That's your cookie for you. And then you take that to your, that's your job. Like your dream job is tied to who you were when you were a kid. If, if it was to be an astronaut, then be an astronaut. You know, it, it, whatever it is, you have to change that. And it doesn't need to be a straight line or you don't need to have a plan. You just need to know what it is. And then things will unfold slowly in your life. Uh, I, I know that our, our dear Amy loves the law of attraction <laughs> and I love it too. <laughs> so you'll attract whatever it is to get on that journey. Just figure out that childish self you used to be and then you have your own mold. <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly and having the confidence to know that that design is your roadmap right what you want to create lights you up because it's going yeah i know that's the work i want you to do that's the thing that you're here to create so like yeah absolutely and the thing that makes you feel icky and you're like i don't want to do this this drains me right because you're not supposed to do that right so for example like for me, whenever I get into political chats with people, you know, it's like so draining and I my stomach drops and I'm like, why am I even looking at this? And the truth of the matter is it's because the source, God, higher power, the universe, however you choose to look at it is going, yeah, no kidding me, Lee, because I don't want you doing that. That's not a good use of your time. So I'm going to make it feel crappy to de-incentivize you to stop doing it. You know, and there's so many things that we don't realize that the things that light us up are the things we're meant to do. And you are such a good example of that because, I mean, like, you're, like, living, you're not just living the dream. You're, like, living the dream's dream. Like, if the dream had a dream, maybe how you live. Like, Tell me about some of the stuff that you do. So you talked about the financial piece. You mentioned, all, well, we didn't tell them, but you are a TV show host. How? Tell me about that. So actually, that uh, it all tied to kind of like the finance uh, portion and the publicist. So basically, uh, what I do, uh, my finance trade is I pretty much work with corporations and large investors whom have a budget, and we make it, make it like a balance between something philanthropic. So it has to have a, a humanitarian aspect, a social impact aspect to help the world become better. And at the same time, it generates profits. So the profit pays off for the humanitarian stuff. And then the other side has to finance it. So we create like vehicles. So basically, that's what I do. I create a vehicle that allows people to, you know, invest their money, make more money with it. But at the same time, help the world. And then basically, uh, we created a project that's an educational project to help people stay motivated, focused. It's actually about success. And essentially, it's going to blend celebrities uh, that are going to talk about the fact that on their path to success, before they became famous, they actually en encountered a lot of roadblocks, a lot of difficulties, and they had to overcome them. It was not a straight line. It was not handed success. And there was a price to pay for that success. And basically, they're teaching this 
different fields of whether they're athletes or sometimes even high performing professionals that have become a peak reference and benchmark in their own field. And each of them talks about the other side of success. What was the difficulties, not just the glamorous side of it. So that people can also relate because when you see somebody famous, sometimes you feel you cannot relate to them. So they want to relate to the audience. So this, basically this show was supposed to be out the year of the pandemic, like everybody know, everything got delayed. So now uh, we're almost done with all the filming and everything. And essentially uh, this show is coming to really motivate people and knowing that to achieve success, even if you're at a standstill, it still doesn't mean that you're not going to get there because there is a path towards success. So basically it is, it, I would say that this investment finance particular business has been a really a catalyst because through finance and investments, you get into every industries. So I got to actually achieve all my dreams within one field because I get to manage the, the portfolio of the investors. So I create projects like, like what you were saying before, like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I already spent your money and I don't like this project. So I, I present ideas that I know I can live with. Like, I, I don't want to do something. I'm going to be bored. I'm not going to be creative. I'm going to hate it. And then I spent your money and I don't want to pay you back. <laughs> I don't want to do something I love. So I try to do something. I, I only take on ideas that I believe I like. And I, I turn down, you know, investment opportunities if it doesn't align with my values. But essentially, it's, it's one of the investment uh, projects that we're working on. And it's going to be really interesting because it's going to be broadcasted from Canada but also online. So it, it, we're doing both. And we have a big team, like we're almost like 500 people working on this. <laughs> it's a very, very big project, <laughs> but very interesting. So basically I'm going to be interviewing these, these celebrities and then the people are going to, and we're going to have an interactive platform that's going to allow the guests to actually ask questions to these people that are famous and to kind of get an advice from them. Uh, to encourage them on their path to success. So that's how the hosting of TV came into play. Okay, so I'm obsessed with this on so many levels because this is so this so plays into something that I work on a lot with my clients and it's this, it's identity, right? So I'm always trying to explain to my clients that the people who have what they want don't have anything they don't have except for they do different things, they feel different things, and they believe different things, right? Like there's no, no one that's more worthy than anyone else to have success. And so why I love this is because when you get these celebrities, people can start really honing in on what those people do in their day to day in order to get into the vibrational match for what it is that they're trying to create, right? So when you think about it, like, okay, I want to make a million dollars. Great. But what does that look like when you're making a million dollars? There's a lot of devils in there, too. I always have this um, joke I make about how, you know, you might get to the point where you have to figure out how am I going to get the Aston Martin out of the three car garage when there's two Mercedes in front of it and I have to be at Oprah's luncheon in 20 minutes. Like, that's a problem, right? That's a stressful problem. It's not one we <laughs> do, but somebody's got it, right? Like, Jeff Bezos yes what he makes $10,000 every 15 minutes or something or every minute. And like that guy, I mean, he's not, he's not euphorically happy. We still have our challenges at every level. That's a good point uh, that you're bringing because when I started my journey, 
when I first arrived in New York, when I got my first big deal and I landed my first seven digit like account, I was looking at my account. I was like, oh my God, is this real? Like I can swipe my card and I have to worry anymore about if it's going to go through or not. That's the first thing that I started learning from that journey that comes with its own set of problems. It's like not all the problems go away and your life doesn't become perfect overnight. And you, you have those problems. I, ha I had one of my, my super dream car stranded in the middle of nowhere and it got stuck. And the thing is, I was just in between insurance. Just so happens that I was in between insurance at that particular moment. So I had to pay out of pocket everything for oh. two days of being in between insurance. That was a problem. And, you know, it almost because the car was so expensive, fixing it was as expensive as buying a new one. So I ended up buying a new one because I said, what's the point of fixing this one? So just to say, this is like people would be like, you know, well, that's, a, that's not a problem. It is a problem because nobody hands you nothing. Nobody hands you a penny in this world. And you don't want to spend all this money and it wasn't planned. And you do have those issues. I, I, I had issues where like the bank did a mistake and then I had to change all my cars overnight. And then all the payments in one day just don't work because they're all automated. Then you have a hundred people calling you and you don't know what to tell them because you're waiting for your car in the mail. It's taking two weeks and you have the money, you can't use it. And these are problems right, that you go through. Not having the money. It has nothing to do. I remember one time my husband forgot to pay the electric bill. We were making $100,000 a month and our lights got shut off because he was so you know discombobulated that he forgot to pay the electric bill. Exactly. That doesn't change, you know, it's like people don't realize we still have our problems. Money is a problem when it's a problem, but you have to be able to step into an identity where money isn't a problem and start to think about what other problems will you have? What other challenges will you have? Right? Is it something as simple as, oh gosh, you know, we're, we're moving and I'm on tour 27 out of the next 28 days and we close in 28 days and you have all the money, right? It's not money. It's it's time. It's, it's, you know, being in the right place at the right time. Like there's so much more to it, but when you're in that and, and tell me if you've ever heard this, I've heard the, the saying that, um, rich people see money as a seed while poor people see money as a fruit. That is so true. That is very true. Yeah. I would say once, because you have to be on both sides to understand why people see things the way they do. Because when I was a student and I, I could not even pay my loans, I could not even put gas in my car. I remember at some point I had this bottle in my car. So every time I ran out of gas, I would have to walk to the nearest gas station for like five liters just to make it. And then now I go to a point where I just wipe my car and I don't have to worry. It's two different mentality. But it's true. Like at that time, I didn't see money at the sea because I didn't have it. You know, I only had either loans or my account was overdrawn. So. For me, it was just like fruit, you know? And then I wondered how those people always had it and their life was so perfect. And then when you start being on the other side, you realize when you have it, you make something come out of it and it brings something else. And it brings some, you understand it's like a tool that gets you to the next level if you know how to use it. Because if you don't know how to use it, then the tool goes away. You know, you have a lot of money, like you were saying with your, your husband, the bills become bigger too, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so if, we, if you're not wise, it, it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
the money now, so we'll just forget your bills. Like, they're still there. You still have to pay them. It's crazy, I know, but it's true. So tell me, you mentioned that, oh, Sheila says, money is a tool. I love this. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think everybody wants to know. I'm not even going to ask for questions because I'm psychic, and I feel everybody's question, and it is this. How do you go from the girl who, you know, has student loans and is overdrawing her account to managing these multi-million dollar, you know, dream lifestyle portfolios? What changed with your mindset? What was that shift that happened for you that brought you from this person to that person? I realized that it's, it's you know, me, when I was growing up, my parents divorced and because there was, it, it, I was in my teenage so they were, they were too busy to take care of my own stuff. So I had to take care of my own self. Nobody gave me any sort of financial classes. And then I started working in the bank, but I, I was not disciplined financially, honestly. So I was under the impression that, you know, people got lucky and they, become, they became rich overnight and they got lucky. And what changed is when I realized that you create your own luck, you create your own opportunities. When I realized that, you know, even if I wasn't dealt the right cards, even if I was in those situations that were ma making me feel like it was unfair, like life was unfair with me, that I could change that. Like, you know, you don't need to go and play the lottery. You are your own lottery. And the day you realize that everything that you need to do is already inside your head, you just need to open that little key and you, you become like, you know, I'm responsible for whatever happened to me because I'm only in control of myself. That's the day everything changes. The day that you accept that you're responsible for the good and the bad stuff in your life, you don't blame anybody, you don't look for somebody to be responsible for your issues, oh, my parent did this to me, this guy broke my heart, whatever it is, oh, I, I, I'm traumatized, like everybody's been traumatized by something, by someone, we've all had our hearts broken before we got married, whatever it is. The day you say, you know what, so what? Like, what am I gonna do about it today? Like, am I going to waste my time crying over my bad luck, crying over my account, or am I going to do something about it? Everything changes. The day you decide that you're responsible for the success you want to have and that it doesn't matter what happened yesterday or even last second or two minutes ago, you just change the whole way you see things. And then you start looking at what is it that you can do today that you've never done before? Because if you want something you never got, you have to do something you never did. And then you have to start looking at those things you never did that you have to start doing. And then doing them will lead you to something new. And each new thing leads you to that goal you have. But oh definitely God. you have to change. <laughs> I am so in love with you right now. You don't even know. And yes, this is one of those things. Like radical responsibility is one of the things that I believe in so vehemently, right? Like the moment that you give somebody else, you know, that you blame somebody else for something that happened to you, you just gave them all your power, right? You have to be like, when we talk about taking back the power, you can't be a victim and take back the power at the same time. Those things are not there. They're, you, you can't have both. So when you make the decision that you're going to take charge of your life, that you're going to make things different, you have to let go of that victimhood. And I would argue that a lot of people, they feel real warm and comfy in that victimhood. They like being snugly in the blanket of, oh, poor me. Oh, my finances. Oh, I just don't understand money, right? Like it's like they, you know, get off on it. 
And, and the truth of the matter is it's all about responsibility. So, oh my gosh, I, I love, love, love that. So, okay. I have a question. It's mostly for me, but it's probably for somebody out there. What happens when you know all these things, you know what it takes to get to the next level. You know, the affirmations, you know, the meditations, but there's this inner saboteur, this ego piece that comes in and goes, Oh, that's not for you. That's not going to work for you. You know, you, you can't put your trust in God. You can't put your trust in the universe. What do you say to those people that are like, I know this works. And yet some little shred keeps holding me back from surrendering my faith to this higher power. What would be your advice for them? My advice for them would be to just look at things because I'm a spiritual person, but I always I wasn't always that way. You know, there was a time where I didn't believe in anything uh, other than myself. But then you start looking at like you have to do a comparison. OK, like that's my life now, the way I'm thinking now. And that's the life of some people that said that this works and it looks much closer to what I would want to achieve. And they're all saying this thing works. So even if I'm being so in my own thoughts that it's, it's not going to work for me, like let's think about it's your mind. You don't have to pay any money to try to think differently or to try to believe differently. So you don't have anything to lose to try it out. So my advice would be just try it just to see where it leads you because you're not going to lose a dollar thinking differently, but you, you can lose a lot of dollars not doing so. So the best thing you could do is to just give it a shot like anything else you've given a shot before and see where it leads you. If it doesn't work, fine, go back to your old ways. But most likely you won't be able to go back once you see where the good stuff leads you. And you have to kind of self-talk to yourself. You, you have to respond to that voice. It says, it's not gonna work for you. And you have to say, why not? What's, what about me that's not gonna make it work? And every time you have to have an argument, something positive, you say, well, I'm special, I, I'm unique, nobody's me. Why can I not succeed? Why all these people are succeeding and not me? If I try, maybe I'm gonna succeed. Respond, you know, S defend yourself. It's like, think about it like you, you, you were having this little competition with this other you, the you that doesn't wanna succeed and the you that wants to succeed and you have to defend yourself and you have to win. And each time you just, even if it's a small thing, you just say something back. And each time you're going to hear the voice less because you're always going to respond. And once you have responses, then you don't have a reason to question. It's normal to have this little ping pong game in your mind. It's, it's a normal thing when you want to change because you're fighting with believing in something that you never did. And you don't have any records of that working. But that's not a reason to not try. Like, tell yourself, okay, what do I have to lose anyways? Like, if I believe that I can do this, like, what do I have to lose? You realize you have nothing to lose, so then you try. It's say, oh, well, you know, you always do this, and you always do that, and you, you, you're really lazy. Well, I could learn not to be lazy. Like, I could read a book about it. You, you find yourself just one little answer and that would shut that voice down. But you have nothing to lose to try. Oh, my gosh. I just love you. I just love you. So, um, Pastor D doesn't currently coach, but we may be having a conversation later about maybe having that be another aspect of her business. So, tell us how do people get a hold of you if they want more of you? They want to hang out with you. They want to make friends with you. They want to be part. You know, maybe they want to invest millions of dollars with you. Who knows who's watching? How do they do that? Well, uh, I did start it uh, because of people like you. I did started doing some coaching just because. 
I feel it could be helpful. So I, I, I do have my website. Uh, it's uh, www.trinityangel.com. And I also have a, a, a newsletter. It's a group where I give actually some free tips on, you know, your journey to success. You can just enroll and you'll receive it. And it's really totally, it's not one of those things where you're just going to have to end up paying at some point. You just get the resources that helps you on your journey uh, towards success. And really, I, I, I'm a philanthropist before I'm a business person. So I always trying to see what I can do to, to make somebody's lives better. So there's all the contact information on the website. You can book a free consultation. If you just want to have a few questions uh, you want answered, I'll be happy to answer them for you. I'm trying to add it in real time to the group. <laughs> so, because <laughs> it, it's in the chat thing, but um, it's not. So I'm going to see if this will pop up. And if it does, I'll pop it in. But guys, just know that that link is coming. Um, I know it's a hard one to copy from the page. Uh, so I'm going to try really quick to see if I can't get it. Um, yeah, it's being really slow. That's okay. I'll get it in there in just a minute. Um, any last things that you want to share with these folks? Um, oh, Sheila says, Pastor D, you are truly a stellar being. Thank you, ladies, for this show today. See, that's oh. why we do it, right? Well, Mrs. Shayla, you are just the same. You're probably even better than me. You know, all of you, all of us in this world, we are unique. Even if you have a twin, your DNA is different. You're all unique. And the day you decide to use what's unique about you, you don't even think about competition. There's no competition in this world because nobody's you. And that's, that's the power you have. That's the dream that you can change the world with you know, the uniqueness of yourself. So that's my message is that, you know, embrace being different. There's no need to be like anyone else. There's no need to compete with anyone else. Just compete with yourself and just be the, the, the best you you could be. But definitely use whatever makes you different and share that with the world. That's where your success is. That's where the dream is. That's where your prosperity is. Oh my goodness, I am a believer in Pastor D. This was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I am just, oh, I am just so overcome with, with just joy and happiness and motivation, right guys? Is she motivating or what? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love this. You know, I, I, I think it's important to help each other out, you know, just encourage each other in this journey of life. It, life is, has its own hard stuff. We can make it easier just by, you know, sharing some good advice that can make us go further. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if I can never be there for you for that, you don't hesitate to reach out. But, oh, my goodness, like, you guys, she's in the group. You guys can ask her questions. Um, she has her own um, her own newsletter, which I know you're all signing up for. And we have a lot of people that watch this on the replay, too. So you'll probably be getting them all over the course of the day. We're also, I didn't tell you this, we're live on my business page, uh, two business pages, my personal page, the group, as well as YouTube. So we've got quite a bunch of folks out there watching um, who I'm sure are just going to have stellar days. Uh, having met you. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me. I was really excited to, of this opportunity to meet with your wonderful audience and your wonderful self as well. It was really a, an honor for me. Oh, thank you so much. 
And that'll do it, guys. For this week's guest, isn't she incredible? I hope that you're going to all the places to find all the ways that you can get in touch with her. Um, all of her information will be in the show notes, of course. Uh, she's amazing. So keep an eye out. She's going she's gonna to be popping up everywhere. I can feel it. Um, but that'll do it for this week's Wednesday Wisdom. Until next week. Oh, sorry. Dream Design Podcast. It, was, it used to be called Wednesday Wisdom. Until next week, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe. And may you be at peace. Namaste. Oh.